Hey everyone, it's Brianna coming to you from the Lost Gettles Library, and you're listening to The Page Turner. Hi, welcome back to The Page Turner. It's Brianna, as always. We have a very special guest today. Uh, but before I introduce them, I just want to kind of talk again about what I do here at the library because I realize it's been quite a few episodes since I uh, talked about what I do here. So I am the adult services librarian here at Los Gatos, and that means that I am in charge of the programming for adult services and older adults, and I also have my own book collections that I manage. So I manage adult fiction, mystery, and science fiction. And those are the biggest subjects that I read from. So it's very, very exciting that I essentially own the entire collection here. (laughs) So when you're upstairs browsing, all the books there, um, new books downstairs, those were all handpicked by me. Now let's get to a very special guest. We have my boss, Jennifer Laredo. Hi, Hi. (laughs) She did a lovely wave. So imagine it, imagine it. Jen is one of my bosses. I have a couple, but she is my direct boss. And she's my biggest support for everything I have to do. (laughs) And that's really nice. So it's very exciting to have her here. Jen, you're not just a supervisor, though, division supervisor. You also run the team collection upstairs. That's right. I have two of the best jobs in the library. (laughs) I get to supervise you guys and pick out the books for the team collection, as you say. That really is best of both worlds. (laughs) Um, But yeah, what made you, did you always want to uh, be in charge of that collection? Um, Or did you have interest in other areas first? Um, I started out, when I started out working in libraries, I started out in a university library. So I worked with professors helping them find their books. And I didn't love that very much. I really didn't. Um, And then when I came to the public library, I worked with kids. I worked a lot with the kids collection and I do story time still. Um, and I, I love working with kids books, but I have always read mostly from the teen section. I mean, since I started reading teen books, I never gave it up. Really? So, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And, um, academic work is fantastic, but just what I know of you now, yep. it's very surprising. <laughs> and I can see how you found a different path along that way. That's fantastic. Wow. Uh, what is it about teen books that you like more or that you feel resonates more? I think um, it's taken me a long time to find the words to describe (laughs) this. And I've actually, they're not my words. They're teen author words. Um, um, John Green talks a lot about... the staples. Yeah, classic. (laughs) About how when when you're a teenager, everything's happening for the first time. You're falling in love for the first time. You're choosing a job for the first time. You're failing at a test for the first time. And so it's much more intense. And then um, another author, I believe it was Nicola Yoon, but it might have been someone else said the phrase that has really stuck with me. Um, young adult books respect the reader's time. <laughs> There's not a ton of fluff, right? Really it's just true. all action. And so you can get through a teen book very quickly. Yeah, that that is a really good point. There's none of that. I'm not a fan of huge flowery, like 10 pages to describe the scene. Like, no. get, like, help me know where we're at, but like, after that, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> and you read a teen book, if you're not into the action by like page three, it's probably not a good fit. Put it down, pick up something else. <laughs> it's funny because I've been chatting to you a lot about teen books before. When I was library page here, I was very adamant. I only read adult fiction and I only read from... And so since I decided and knew that I wanted to go and be a librarian, I purposely tried to expand. So every once in a while, I'll pick up a teen book mm-hmm. and give it a go. And I gotta say, I think I have been more traumatized by teen books mm-hmm. than I have been by adult books. Yes. 
I think that's true. I think there's something about reading as a teenager where the the added drama, the added trauma, even as you say, um, resonates with your worldview. I think a lot of times when you are a teen or the uh, someone writing for a teen is is appreciating the fact that everything feels world-shaking when you're a teen and that's developmentally accurate and appropriate. So you can almost go bigger. Whereas some of us as adults, when we read, if we're reading an, an adult book, and I'm making air quotes, <laughs> Um, we're good on trauma. <laughs> I don't need it anymore. Right? Yeah. So even even those like they're hard hitting, you know, even those stories, they're kind of they're they're meant for an adult audience, which is already kind of past that phase. I think maybe it's it's how easy it is to fall when you're just going from trauma to action to trauma. It's mm-hmm. very easy, I think, to get back and remember what your teenage self was like and mm-hmm. be like, this I'm I've gone like I'm past this. Um, I don't really want to revisit it. <laughs> so yeah it's it's um i love chatting about them with you because they were not putting out books like this when i was a teen no no agree and i'm older <laughs> so yeah when it's i was new were available to me as a teen it was a much narrower band yeah um and i think that teen books have just become so rich and varied and and cover such a huge range of topics and readers. Uh, it's, it's a great time to be a teen reader. It really is. I mean, the teen section is packed with books. Like, people are writing them left and right and sequels and series. And it's just, it's really excellent. And I think what teens really need mm-hmm. is to be able to have that wide variety. Um, before we jump into the book we're talking about today, which is Legend Born by Tracy Dion, which has received huge acclaim and the sequel, I believe, is coming out within the next couple of months. You read it for the first time. I read it for the first time about six months ago, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Yes. And you, you kind of, you said, oh, Brianna, I think, you know, I would love to talk to you about this book. You know, are you going to read it? Right. my thoughts. I have a lot of things, but I don't want to say anything. Right. you. So before we jump into that, I just want to mention that our brochures are back in the library, so our programming brochures. So um, you can find our programs, as always, on the calendar online on our website. But we have physical ones that if you make it over to the library, you can take home. Um, and so a couple of exciting things we have coming up. Um, we have an author talk I am so excited about, Dr. Priya Fielding Singh, on October 13th at 5 p.m. on Zoom. She is just wonderful. Her book, How the Other Half Eats, looks at food disparity in the Silicon Valley. She did her research at Stanford. Follows and lived with like four families from the different economic, socioeconomic spectrum and lived with them. And she asked them questions, but she stayed out of, she just watched the dynamic with her kids and she really learned a lot. And I think one of my favorite things is that she admits to her own judgments and preconceived notions of how a parent provides food for their child and what the food is and what that means about the family. And, and she challenges her own perceptions along the way. So she is going to be on Zoom with us. And um, for everyone that tunes in, they will get to ask their own questions. Um, the Zoom link will be on the calendar page. And I'm, I'm stoked. It was very, very kind of her to come because her book... Um, which we have here was very popular and was on bestsellers list, so very excited. And then, Jen, I know you had an exciting teen program. Right. Our teen programs here are um, arranged and organized by Rachel and Amanda, both of whom I think have been on our podcast, right? There are teen experts. I think so, yeah. Oh, I don't know if Rachel has. Okay, so but yeah, on the to-do list. Yes. <laughs> so um, they come up with the, the suite of 
teen programming. And the one that we're very excited about in October is Fantasy Terrarium for Teens. So we're going to go get little um, succulents and little <laughs> bases and cool little doodads to put in there. This program does require registration. So if that sounds, if you're a teen listening and you're interested, or if you are the parent of a teen and you're interested, hop on our website and register. Yes. There are a limited number of spaces. And what day is that? That is October 10th, and that'll be 3 p.m. Awesome. So right after school. Yep. Perfect timing. Um, yeah. So if you want to hear about more programs like that, either come on down and pick one up, and we can tell you about them, um, or check out our website. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. I'm very excited because I kind of knew, I'm a, I'm a huge mood reader, so I started reading on Legend Board, and I was like, I think this is going to be another book I can't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, if you guys knew the adult books I read, you'd be like, how? But I'm telling you. This is the one. Yeah, this, the teen books get me every time. It's too much. Um, well, I have a lot of questions <laughs> because I need to talk about some of the stuff. So how would you describe Legend Point as? Well, I think what it presents as, I think what you, I think how Tracy draws us in is it presents as a modern day Arthurian legend retelling. Mm-hmm. And um, just by looking at the cover, you're, you can automatically tell that there's going to be some twists and turns. Yeah. But um, I, when I finish that book, what it doesn't stick with me as being an Arthurian legend story. So yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh, tell me more. <laughs> I I have a lot of okay. So I need everyone to know that I'm going to be basing all of my Arthurian knowledge off of BBC Moulin, which is a phenomenal, devastating show, also geared towards <laughs> families. So. But the, the season finale of that show um, stayed with me for many years. <laughs> so I mean, I've read a ton of different Arthurian legends yeah. over the years. And this is what I thought, this is what I thought we would be discussing when we talked about this book. But I feel like to say that, like to get into the ins and outs of the Arthurian legend part is to really miss a big chunk of the book. <laughs> That's just crazy. I was, I was, you know, um, I think you mentioned you were ready to talk about the, the love triangle, the classic yep. love triangle, yep. Lancelot, Guinevere, and Arthur. That's what I thought we were getting into. Because when you think of an Arthurian legend, you think that's where you're going. Yeah. That's not where we ended up. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, well, then what? So um, what, do you want to tell us a little bit just about the plot? It, it, I did um, read some reviews about it and look up some stuff, and I was really confused because there's a lot of players. How far How far are we going? Where do I draw oh, the spoilers? spoilers those spoilers abound. We, okay, so I'm just going to worry about spoilers. Do not worry about spoilers. So if you haven't read Legend 1, go and read it. If you don't plan on reading it but you're interested, keep listening. And I would say, even if you think you might vaguely be interested, stop now. Because I, think this, I read a ton of teen fiction, yeah. and books don't usually sneak up on me. And this one did. Like, oh. that was time. So I don't want to deprive anyone. Yeah, so save this in your podcatcher, yeah. whoever you're listening, yeah. and come back after you've read Legend. Okay. <laughs> you've been warned. Yeah. That's all we can do for you. Um, okay, so, yeah, if you think about... Um, if you think about what you know about Arthurian legend and you kind of pick that up and you put it, set it in South Carolina or North Carolina, you set it in a college campus on the East Coast, right? Okay. Boom. And our um, protagonist is 16 years old and she's been accepted to an early admissions program. She's there with her best friend. Which I think, don't let your teens go to college. Yeah. Well, Well, I guess they go 18, but yeah. This is going to be confusing because our narrator's name is Brianna. I mean, the same as Brianna, and that's your name. She even has, I only have one E, uh, which I joke is the right way to spell Brianna, but she has two E's both in the same, right? Which for a podcast is going to be difficult. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> I am not 16, and I'm not fighting 
the supernatural beings. So for the course of this podcast, when I refer to our protagonist, I'll call her Brie, and I'm going to call you Brianne. (laughs) So Brie has just started this program. Um, She is suffering. Um, She's... She is recovering or she's in the process of healing. Her mother has recently passed away, which, you know, it's kind of a trope for teen novels or in kids novels, too. Um, but she is really not processing her grief. And that's kind of a main, I would say, a main theme of the book is, that, is her managing her grief and kind of using it in a way. In fact, there's nobody in this book. None of the main characters have mothers. All of their oh mothers God. are gone. Oh, my. yeah. And they're all traumatized by it in different like, ways. Is that necessary? <laughs> There it is. Well, actually, I've <gasps> spoken. Oh, everybody thinks their mother is gone. Oh, but no. Oh, little teasing, a little teasing. So she is out having, you know, three pages in. Three pages oh, in. She is out at a party that she's not supposed to be at. There's drinking, there's cliff jumping, which oh. are not supposed to be happening. And all of this is going on, and suddenly, well, Suddenly enough, a demon appears and she sees people wielding magic to fight demons. Yeah. Um, nobody else can see this. Nobody else remembers that it happened, but she does. Oh, OK. OK, so she starts on her own journey to um, figure out like what 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 that is about. And it comes up that her, as she's thinking back on the night that her mother died, she realizes that she was in the presence of one of these magicians mm-hmm. and, and they attempted to take that memory from her. Mm-hmm. And that leads to a whole secret society, which has its Arthurian connotations. And there are modern day descendants of Arthur, Lancelot, etc. They fight demons. And uh, she gets sucked into being a squire for one of these individuals who turns out to be. Okay, so she is his sidekick. That is what we're meant to believe. I should have seen Brianna's face. That was fantastic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well, okay. where most of the book lives. That's where the big chunk of the book lives. Well, she's trying to figure out what happened to her mother. Yeah. Um, this Neo Arthur A loves her. Um, and then there is our love triangle, as it sets up, is not, there's no Lancelot figure in the book. So Ooh, our okay. magician is Merlin. And so this love triangle that kind of aligns itself is Arthur, Merlin, and Brie. So. Oh, wow. Interesting. Love that. Fun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so. From my research, I, I um, they're all descendants, so it kind of seems like the Merlins are around to protect the order of the Arthurs. Correct. Correct. They've been bonded in a blood <laughs> yeah. Essentially, essentially. Um, to uphold, they did a promise, like a, an oath. Right. So the whole idea is that we want to protect humans, muggles. <laughs> yeah, but protect muggles. From demons that okay. keep coming. And where are the demons coming from? Yeah. Who's letting them in? What's the whole idea? And so there's a whole magical system where... Is it explained well? What's the magic system like? Well, so as I, the first time I read this book, I got to say, the first time I read this book, um, I closed it up at one point and I went home to my kids because my kids are readers. And I said, I'm reading this book and I thought I understood the magic system. And then I turned a page and boom, there's this whole other separate magic system. And I don't know, like, I've never read a book with like two separate yeah. magic systems. It turns out it's not. They're the same magic. with yeah. different. So there's um, a variety of different types of magic. People, um, Arthur, Merlin, they manipulate what's called ether, which is you know, like you might, I don't know, feels like a very familiar kind of construct. Yeah. I feel like if you've read a book with the magic system, this might feel familiar. I gotta admit, when I'm reading fantasy books, 
I just roll with it. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to. But, I mean, I do want to kind of get something. Like, I do want to kind of understand so I can keep waiting. Right. But sometimes it's like, okay, you say that this is what you do. It's good with me. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so they they manipulate either the Merlins are the most able to do this. Makes sense. There's a whole separate piece of it that we'll we'll get to. Yeah. But, but Brianna basically has no... Brie... <laughs> I don't know about I magic. Bree has access to multiple forms of this magic. So oh, um, as we go through the book, we find out that she has access to, she can see ether. She understands it. She is immune to what they call mesmering, which is when they take, they take the memories, like when a muggle basically witnesses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They do that. And, and that was what the magician who was at the, hospital the night her mother died trying to do to her but she now has realizes she remembers it okay and so this maybe puts her at risk because the high council of these arthurian people are maybe going to see her as a threat and maybe you know take out the six feet so she's kind of trying to keep yeah of course <laughs> what else I love when people in the world but a 16 year old girl i love when adult villains are like this team needs to be yeah taken care of <laughs> like yeah, focus on something else. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'll be. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I the one thing I liked, um, you've actually read Mist of Avalon, mm-hmm. right? Correct. So you know, I don't actually know super details about the real legend, which I know you um said it departs. But I did like the idea in BBC Moon that they were like the same age, like they were working in the same circles. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this old man. Um, and I think that's what initially, when I cracked the book open, yeah, yeah. and I think you, t- well, maybe you didn't t- mean not the same concept, but the excitement of like, oh, we'll be telling, well, again, it's like the closer, they're the same age, you know, like how would that work? Um, I love that, yeah. Yeah. I like, yes. And we have several, actually, there are several versions of this in the teen room right now, Arthurian, where they're all teens. There's um, Once in Future by the author of Once in Future. <laughs> Which is a future set version. Yeah. And then there's the Guinevere Guinevere Deception and the Guinevere Guinevere Deception and the Guinevere or something else. It's a duology yeah. by I think Kirsten White writes that. I have no worries because I always in the blog post for the episodes t- list every book we talk about. And TVs and movies. There's been some adult ones too, like the Once in Future Witches, or they mix, yeah. Yeah. So and for myself, when I think of a good uh, Arthurian retelling, my favorite are the ones that are centered on the women in the story. Oh, this okay. that one was my was my first of those. But this is also that, right? Like, how do you? Um, what does it look like? It's not so much an issue in the modern retellings because you don't have Guinevere being just married off and then somehow being made the villain for a choice she never got to make. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like the stories that center on on the women and having their version, their takes. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I feel like I'm kind of the opposite. I don't really like switching point of views okay. from stories. So, like, for example, The Great Gatsby um, copyright has run out. So a lot of people have been publishing The Great Gatsby uh, fiction, mm-hmm. uh, self-fiction. Um, and, uh, I like, there's one um, from Daisy's book. Mm-hmm. I'm not knocking it because I think a lot of, I mean, I don't knock any books because what people like, they like, which is cool. And there's so much variety. But I didn't have an interest in reading it. Right. Just because I, I don't know. Also, you know, if it's not by the original author. Right. But a lot of people have been loving that. But that's why they make all sorts of books, people. <laughs> yeah. And I think, and there is some, there's some talk in the author's note uh, where Tracy Dion talks about how one thing she likes about the Arthurian legend is so available to all kinds of stories. It yes. So where did, where did it lose you on the Arthurian legend? <laughs> 
So I guess I guess for me, like I I think you could lift the Arthurian legend out of this story and it would be a still a solid fantasy novel. And I think that arguably it's it's about the larger story is about more than the Arthurian legend and it tackles bigger questions and the Arthurian legend is maybe a framework for it. Um, and so I guess it didn't necessarily lose me as, as far as Arthurian legend goes. Uh, I, the first time I read it, I closed it up and set it aside for a while, not based on the legend piece. But um, what was it? It was, it was the trauma. <laughs> it was the trauma. Yeah. It was the number of people um, suffering and um and you know there's always that point in a book where you're like is this is the trauma in this book serving me is it serving the story exactly. is it is it what is it what is it serving and um yeah i definitely have my own um like not a set list but i i those things that i know will make me feel that way if i'm in the middle of the book and i'm like was that necessary yeah. or i don't know you do a little bit of research about the author <laughs> before continuing right and I, I think i think i think you and i have talked about this before um in, with various books not just this one but um and for me but i had a moment of like well i'm gonna i'm gonna trust the author to get us where where she's going and yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna hang with her and, and see where she's taking us yeah. right so there's a lot in the story of brie ends up meeting with therapists to discuss the trauma with her mother okay. and which is great and it turns out the therapist knew her mother because her mother went to this school. So part of the reason she wanted to go there was because her mother went to this school. So her mother would have been on this campus. Okay. All right. Okay, okay right. <laughs> so, and I, I think it's worth saying um, our protagonist is Black. We haven't talked about oh, yes. this. Yes. Her therapist is yes. also one of the other rare kind of Black women that she encounters. Yes. And the therapist meets with Brie at this graveyard, knows just a smidge about her, knows who her mother is. And um, starts talking to Brie about a different magical system, assuming that Brie's mother has taught her root magic, which she hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then, so there's a whole piece of the story that unfolds with a second magic system, which is, as it turns out, when I stuck with the story long enough to delve in, it's just, it's ether with another name. It's a different version. Um, but, oh, I'm forgetting the woman's name. I'm forgetting the therapist's name, but she was great. <laughs> she describes for Brie ultimately how this magic works, and they borrow this magic from their ancestors. Okay. So black lineage. Exactly. And so um, our other ether practitioners steal it from the universe. So there's a dichotomy set up here. Ooh. Um, and they and one and in our practitioners of root magic view this other system as being evil and exploitative. Oh, love that. So so we've got Brie now kind of conflicted and she's just she's there because well, she, she, she has buddies and friends yes. that belong to this, that are descendants of this, but it's like just because something's gone on for a very long time. Yes. Doesn't mean it's not too late to change it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So our Brie's therapist starts to work with, with Brie and another student they've brought in who's a medium, and they start contacting Brie's ancestors and starting to unpack her lineage to help wow. her kind of understand because she's got a magic she doesn't understand she doesn't know if it's root she doesn't know if it's ether she doesn't know if it's some combination in between yeah and she's trying to figure out how her mother ties into all of this and i'm gonna really start spoiling things now the major spoils are coming okay let's do it if you're now intrigued that <laughs> you don't really want to women in um so Bree's mother was part uh, was witness to a big explosion of demons twenty five years ago, and she was also able to resist this mesmer. So they they the order 
Ar- the Ar- Order of Arthur has been tracking her oh, this whole, you know, this whole her whole time. And um, in root magic, uh, in Bree's family at least, it doesn't exist for more than one woman at a time. So when a mother passes it on to her daughter, she, she dies. dies. She dies. So um, both Bree, her mother, her mother's mother, they've all grown up without a mother. Usually they kind of know what's happening. Does the mom get to choose when she passes it on? Um, no, but she, she knows that, so she ends up... The time's coming? Yeah. Yeah. She knows that, she knows that her daughter is, she's not going to live to see her daughter become a full adult woman. And she leaves a message for Brie through magic, um, explaining to her that like, you know, I know that when you see this, that I'm going to be dead. And so let me talk you through some of the, some of the things. Um, she couldn't have left like an easy trail. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. And there's more connections between the therapist and mom. But what, as the final showdown occurs, I'm really, really going to spoil yeah. this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wounds really don't want them, but I really say, I know we train our whole lives. Don't we? Um, as Brie, as the, you know, as, as the drama of the book and there's more demons and there's battles and there's epic and there's killing and there's danger and yeah. there's risk and all of that. It turns out that actually Nick who we think is the descendant of Arthur that Bree is supposed to be the squire to. And yeah. there's there's bonding that happens and oaths and pledges and all sorts of, you know, all of that. Yeah, all the drama. He's not really the descendant of Arthur. Bree is. That's right. right. So it goes around and then we end up with, with our Arthur at the end of the story is a female Arthur. And um, and it, it all has to do with the slave plantation yes. thousands of years ago um, with people... Scoodly pooping the other people that maybe they shouldn't have been. Yeah. So the original of the descendant of Arthur relations with the slave woman who is Bree's descendant. Gotcha. Well, Nick's ancestor's mom was having fun with the neighbor, and he's actually the Lancelot descendant. <gasps> okay. So kind of in this epic battle scene, it comes out that Nick cannot pick Pull up the sword. sword. Yep. And only Bree can. I'm chilling with my fists up in the air. Yes. So yes. it's funny because a lot of what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. I don't think, I still don't think I could have gotten through that. Yeah. It was a lot. It was yeah. A lot. And, and I, um, yeah, I admire Tracy for getting to it and yeah. tying all the threads together. And there is a sequel coming out and there have been some outstanding theories about what might happen. In oh my gosh. Well, you need to read it for me and tell me. Huh? I don't, I just, I don't think I can handle it. But I, I love it because there are a lot of Black authors doing things like that, mm-hmm. especially in teen fiction, which I think is fascinating because, um, I mean, history, I don't know about you, but learning history in school was confusing, mm-hmm. kind of, it wasn't really easy for me to track, mm-hmm. except for the big things like repeat over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a great way to not lose history Yes. when you tie it into these legends and when you... When you tie it into fiction that gets people reading it, it's not just pure fantasy from, you know, an author's mind. It's, it's great. I mean, they might write and allude to things, but it's not an explicit connection, right? Which mm-hmm. works. But I think the fact that teens are reading this and um, having these connections being made, I think is fascinating because stories keep history alive. Mm-hmm. And so it, for me, would be very not fun to read, uh, per se, but I, I do think that that's fascinating. I, the way that she's found bringing these concepts in that might be difficult to understand. So, you know, like appropriation, stealing, slavery, and all the human nuances that come with that, right? Like people having relations, 
regardless of how they came about, these mm-hmm. relations, mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah. And you know. Here we are. And and yeah. it's the un, it's an untold story. It's exactly. the telling of an untold story, right? You think you think that you, as you hear the story, you think that this Arthur lineage is coming down, you know, pristine, 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 pristine. And of course it's not. Of I mean, course it's not. Because no one in history has ever been. Because human beings are human beings. Like what like what are you talking about? Like, you know, and they'll, they'll try so hard to keep their secrets yeah. and to keep the, um, and so I think that that's really fascinating. I love that. I love that Lancelot finally came into play because I love Lancelot. Mm, mm. I love Lancelot. <laughs> Why not like Nick? Is Nick? Nick is great. Nick is fine. He's you don't like Lancelot? I have no problem with Lancelot. <laughs> I have no problem with Lancelot. Um, I, um, I find, um, my favorite character. Yes. No. Who? Is Morgan. Morgan Le Fay. Really? Yes. Okay, valid. That's valid. Yes. Um, and she may be out there. I don't think she's going to get treated well in this story. She, she is potentially the big bad in book two. Um, but I love it. I love a Morgan Le Fay that is um, a woman a woman wielding power who has been deemed evil. Because yes. The, because the world doesn't yes. broke a woman wielding power, especially back in, you know, yeah, yeah, the yeah. 1200s. No, yeah. Um, so... Um, but I uh, I think that the love I, the love triangle is kind of exhausting for me, especially in the in the traditional oh yeah me context. Too. I don't you know you, you you tell the woman she's going to marry one guy and then you get upset when she falls in love with someone else. Like duh. Like yeah, honestly, I I think I think what's so fascinating too is I never thought that I would think of the Athelian legends as being so interesting. Mm-hmm. But there's so much there's to unpack. Yeah, there's a lot of room. And I think one thing that was super interesting to me. In read and it didn't come up for me until I read the author's note, but like how there's so much room for you to take. Like she took, she took it, she put it in the south. Yeah, <laughs> she put it on a college campus in modern day, and I think it's just so like she made, she found room to tell her story through this story. Yes, or a different story through. This yes, story. and one that will pass on and be continued on. It's printed, written down. Yeah, and I, like I think again too, like how do we? As librarians, you know, we're also educators. And so how do we keep reading alive, keep people's stories alive? We get stories into people's hands, into people's ideas, onto the shelves. And I think that's, like, one of the... Just the fact that, like, yeah, what I was saying earlier was just uh, a kid is going to pick up a story and be confronted with things in a way that they maybe haven't looked at before. And it's still going to feel present. Because for people of color, specifically Black people... Our history is present in everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that can sometimes be hard for people to understand that aren't Black, mm-hmm. but it, it is, and in ways that you like you wouldn't believe. And so I think knowing that other people will be caring around our stories, you know, even if they're um, illusions or metaphors, anything like that, they still have a connection to the actual, our, our actual history as Americans. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really, it, that's really great because it will never then be erased fully mm-hmm. and so i yeah i think that's fa- i think it's also the hood wave because i like really putting herself out there mm-hmm. to do that i i and for people to receive it very well um because that's it's a really tough thing to do i think yeah because people don't want to be i mean regardless of what you know bad uh upsetting history we're talking about no one wants to be reminded of that mm-hmm. but it's important that we keep re- reminding ourselves about it totally 
And I think too, she, I think um, she put it somewhere unexpected, which means she's going to bring people to it who maybe haven't heard it before, mm-hmm. right? She's going to, she's going to present it to a new audience. Um, and I think that she made it so integral to the story mm-hmm. that you can't look past it. Exactly. You can't, you can't unsee it. Exactly. So. There's, there's, again, there's no illusions. There's no, you know, that's a thought, but it's like, it's so ingrained, just like I think our history is so ingrained in us and our descendants mm-hmm. um, and our ancestors. Like, I mean, that's why human beings are bonded through our history. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the stories. Yes, exactly. And so, I yeah, I just think it's that's fantastic. It may be too hard for me to read, but I think it's fantastic. <laughs> you keep doing it. Yeah. Are gonna pick, yeah, are you going to pick up on it? I think that's so great. So you said you found it to be in a bit a difficult read. Do you think think that that in terms of the way it's told because again you know teen like teen books the action you know fantasy they're going to keep moving do you think it just was felt like a lot at once or what necessarily about it or was it was were you surprised because you said most people wouldn't find it so you're just like wow i was surprised there was a there was a point in the middle where um Bree's trauma, specifically her her trauma in losing her mother, felt exploited to okay. me, and that was um, and I'm that's that's one thing I'm sensitive to. Kids without moms, you know. <laughs> I yeah yeah. I only became a mom two years ago, and now when I read books, it's like, why is my mother gone? <laughs> How's my sweet baby existing in the yeah. world? Right? Yeah. So I had to pause, mm-hmm. and I wasn't I wasn't sure that. I was nervous about where the book was going. And so I had to pause. Yeah. And I talked yeah, to myself like, okay, I, I did a little, the little internet research yes. to see if anyone else was outraged or if people were still happy. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, okay, people are generally pleased with this. So I'm going to hang in there and trust the author to get us somewhere yeah. rewarding. Yeah. I, that's, that's always really difficult. And you, you're thinking about, you know, my poor child. And then you're also like, hey, like that's, that's not fair on me, even though it has nothing to do with me. Totally. Like, why would you just pick me off like that? <laughs> like, hello? How's anything going to get done? <laughs> See, my, my baby's off there. <laughs> I told her she couldn't go early. Yeah. Now look what's happening. See, I told you. I told you. Exactly. Obviously, a lot of people are already leading it. Um, but I really hope that um, more people wouldn't pick it up. Yep, the audiobook is good. And if we're gonna audiobook, the audiobook is good. That is good to know. That is good to know. I think this there's a lot of stuff that happens, but I think it could be fun on audio. Yeah. Fun, good yeah. time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jen, for spoiling the book for me. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I I asked you to multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> so, I warned you. Yeah. You could have plugged your ears. Yeah, that's I can't believe the teams are reading. So I will look up from an adult book and be like, there's no one in the room. But I'll like I'll be reading and I'll be like Okay, so how are other people going to go through what I'm just going through? Right. How is this going to be for other readers, right? Yeah. yeah. Especially as a librarian, you feel that that stress of like, oh, I put this out there. Yes. This, this is available. available. Because of me. I, I, you know, and you, that's, that's yeah. a jam. That's yeah. the thing to put books of all kinds. We love We love We want to rock people's world. And we yeah. want to make them have sleepless nights <laughs> and good feelings and all yeah. of that. But just made you like, I did this. I mean, yeah. Tracy, Tracy Dion did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to the people of Los Gatos, I did this. I encouraged them yeah. <laughs> to yeah. go through the same emotional roller coaster that I went through. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. 
should say thank you. But yeah, being, it's awesome. Being a librarian is awesome. Being at Los Gatos Library is awesome. If you are local and you have not swung by, please do. It's a great place to be, to hang out, to say hi to staff. <laughs> um, talk about your favorite books. We love that. Yes. I, if you get a hold of me and you talk about a book, we will talk. I love, oh, it's so good. It's, <laughs> everyone on my team knows this. You can't mention a book without, <laughs> without me being like, I heard about it. I, <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. We're very lucky. We're very lucky. Yes. But thank you so much, Jen, for coming by. Thanks for um, having me. Stay tuned for future events and programs here at the library. As always, this is Brianna, and you will hear me next month on the page channel.